Hey everyone, this is Pastor Steve from Faith Community Church, and you are listening to Faith That Works, podcast ministry of Faith Community Church, Indianapolis, Indiana. We're so excited that you've taken time to listen to these words today. Our desire is that this would push you to a closer, deeper, more meaningful relationship with Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. We're going to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you have your Bibles. Amen. Are you glad you came to church today? Amen. Praise God. I'll just say this. It might be a little southern to say, but if that doesn't light your fire, your wood is wet. I'm just going to say that. If that song don't get you stirred up, you ought to get saved today. I'm just saying. I'm just, Jesus Christ, my hope. Amen. The victory is his. You live in victory today, not because of anything you've done, but because of what he's done for you. Amen, amen, amen. So we're talking lately about the idea of being intentional, right? You have to know why you do what you do for it to have any purpose, right? If you just are going through the motions of anything, if you're going to the gym every day, if you're reading your Bible every day, if you're eating healthy, you need to know why you do it because if you don't know why to put down the Swiss cake rolls, you will continue to pick them up. Amen? You need to be convinced of that change and know the why behind the thing. You understand that? So in church, we need to know why. Why? Why are you here today? Well, again, we've said this every week. I've got a box that says church, and I check it off, and I move on down the road. That's not why you're here. It's not what God's called. That's not why Jesus died. Jesus did not die to establish a religious social club, but a body, a living organism that we would be connected together, connected to him, and do his work to come together. Now, one of the things he wants us to do is to gather to gather. The scripture's clear on that, that when we come together, so there's something about the coming together, but it's not the end or the beginning. It's just a part of what we do because what we do is constantly connected to God and to one another as we go into the world and get the gospel out and show the world what Jesus is all about. Amen? Does that make sense? So you have to know why. So we've talked about the last several weeks what that why is. We talked about what church is not. Right, look at the screen just for a second. We talked about church is not a concert, right? It's not lights and lasers. It's not the movies where you sit back. I mean, if you even think about it, I could get on this all day. The way we even design churches today is a little bit misleading because you came in today and you faced a stage that's elevated and many times in your own mind you can think we've come to a performance, but can I tell you today, we are all a part of it. The only audience today is of one, and his name is Jesus. He is the audience, and we bring our worship together to present to him. So it's not a movie theater. It's not a building. It's not, it's not a party, right? And as much as you think, what kind of party's going on at Faith on Sunday mornings? Just a Jesus party because we were lost and now we're found. Amen? We're, we're not emotional. We were just dead and now alive. And that's something more than just a go. That's not a golf clap we do around here, right? If I hand you a million dollars and you go, that is so sweet. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. You're going to get happy. You might be hanging off a light by the time we're done. But if I give you a million dollars, right, all we know 
is what Jesus has done for us. We were blind, and now we can see. We were dead, and now we're alive. I was lost, and now I'm found. I had no purpose, and now I have purpose. I didn't know what I was doing, and now I got a living hope inside of me. Come on now. If that makes me emotional, then call me emotional, right? And if you're thinking today, that's a charismatic church. No, nope, we're an enthusiastic church. You understand? We, we, we're enthusiastic, so don't label me, okay? Amen. I'll get started on that. It's not a support group. It's what not the church is. But what the church is is the ecclesia. It's the called out ones. It's the household of God. It's the army of God. It's the body of Christ, the bride of Christ. It's the flock, the fellowship, the building of God, the body of Christ. That's what you're a part of. Does that make you feel better? Right? It's what you're a part of. And it'll be the same thing tomorrow as it is today. I grew up at church my whole life. You've heard me say this. We go to church and then we just kind of move on to our lives. Hey, the church is your life. Jesus is your life. This is not a part of who you are. Christ is all of what we are. He's everything. And so us being together to serve God together is what we're to be about. But here's what we got to understand this is that God has called the church to make disciples. Not have concerts, not to sing, but that's part of it. There are elements, right? There's elements of all this that come together, but the ultimate goal, Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples. disciples. Not converts. There, there are many churches today in America that will have you repeat a prayer at the end of the service and say something like, if you've said this for the very first time, welcome to the body of Christ. But there's no conversion. There's no regeneration. There's no belief. There's no repentance. There's no conviction. It's just rote. And this is why we have to be careful that people get deceived into thinking they're a part of the body of Christ. And guess what? They're not. They're not. Right? They're not. That's why that most terrifying of scriptures that says, depart from me, I never knew you. So that, that's the thing. It's not about what you said. It's about do you know him? Do you know him? The beautiful thing is you can know him. A lot of people say, well, I just go to, see, see, there's a difference in going to church and knowing him. A lot of people go to church and don't know him. Some of you this morning, you may not know him. Hey, we can fix that. We can fix that. We can change that. Not being really, I'm saying you can know him and his power and his glory at work in you but that's what God has called the church to do is to make disciples so as we make disciples there are three things we kind of hang our hats on in this place and that is knowing Jesus loving one another and impacting the world knowing Jesus so as we know Jesus can I tell you something as you know Jesus you will love one another Amen. some of you even today say I'm having a hard time loving my brother well, if you get to know Jesus a little bit better, because then guess what? It's his love that will come through you to love other people. Hey, I understand that person on your job is not very lovable. I get that. I get that, that family reunion that you're going to have to go to at some point. Cousin Jojo drives you nuts and you just want to choke him. I understand this. Right? Because right? he's driving you bonkers and has your whole life. But can I tell you, Jesus died for Cousin Jojo. Just like he died for you. There is no difference in you and Cousin Jojo. You say, well, you ain't never met Cousin Jojo. It doesn't matter. You understand? 
What we have to understand is that God in his spirit will love him through you. And can I tell you what? That'll be the evidence that God is real and that Jesus makes a difference. When you can do something that's unnatural instead of natural, now I'm paying attention. Now your life makes me want to pay attention. Now you're pointing me to something higher, something bigger, something more important than just you. You following that? And as we do that, as we know Jesus, as we love one another, then guess what we're going to do? We're going to impact the world. And that's what God's called us to do is to impact the world. Go into all the world, teaching, baptizing, making disciples. That's what God's called us to do. So here at Faith, here's what we've decided. We're going to make disciples. And who are we going to be? We're going to be authentic, passionate people who know Jesus, love one another, impact the world. So when people say, what's your church about? Use words like this instead of saying, you know, we just get together and watch this crazy man get up there and just yell and scream and snot around. That's what we do. That's what we do. We eat. We like spaghetti. They always talk about food in that place, so that's good with me, you know. It's kind of a show, dinner and a show is what Sundays are to me, you know. That's kind of, hey, come on now. That doesn't draw me to Christ. That doesn't make me want to come to church, right? But we're authentic, passionate people, right? We're real. We've talked about this. You can leave your fake smiles in the parking lot, please, right? Thank God. You don't have to pretend. But at the same time, don't whine. Because it's not about you. It's about him. So you've had a rough week. You can own that. But you have a good God. Own that too. Amen. You understand? Yes. I've had a tough time. But i got a big God. He's awesome. He's going to get me through this. He's going to carry me through. In fact, he's bigger than my situation. Right? Can I tell you, any conflict that happens in the world, God is bigger than. Can, can, can we stop living as Christians with the hand wringing, brow sweating, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to trust in God's what we're going to do and keep marching. His truth marches on. It always has, it always will, and we'll just continue. That doesn't mean we stick our head in the sand and look the other way, but it means we're focused on something much larger, right? Can I tell you, that's why the Jews are still looking for him because they were looking for an earthly kingdom, and Jesus said, you're thinking too small. You worried about the Romans? Come on now. You, you think I'm here for the Romans? I'm here for the kingdom of of heaven and it was so big it blew their mind they couldn't follow it but you understand we're part of the kingdom of heaven of heaven eternity past present and future you're a part of God's great story it's not right here right now it's bigger than all of that amen so then we talked about we're still reviewing hold on the devil wants you to live that I'm too busy to pray right because we talked about all of this is meaningless if we don't bathe it in prayer. And in a day where churches are getting rid of, rid of prayer, we've decided as a church, we're going to amp it up. We're going to amp it up. You're going to start hearing about more prayer meetings. Why? Because we need them. We need them. Can I tell you something? I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to burst anybody's bubble. We don't need more worship services. We need more prayer meetings. Amen. Oh, come on now. Y'all like, ain't hey. I go down the road. Then, right? We need more prayer meetings. We, we need to pray. We need to come together and cry out to God. And it's not like, can I just share this with you? I'm just preaching. Nay, I'm having fun. You guys good? Okay, hold on. 
You're like, I want spaghetti. Hold on, it'll be, we'll make sure it's warm. Hold on, that dessert ain't going anywhere. Now watch. So it's important to, to, to realize what, what God's doing, what God's up to. It. And in prayer, we're not communicating to God something he doesn't already know. Oh, God, you see those poor people in the Ukraine? God's like, you think I, well, really? You're not educating God. All you are saying, though, is, God, we need you. Oh, God. Oh, God, will you help? Oh, God of ages past, will you come and move? God, we know that you see it all. You see what's happening on planet Earth. God, would you move? That's what prayer is. And that's what we need to be about. That's what we need to be about is praying. So can I encourage you to do something? We've been talking a lot. You ought to be praying for your family. You ought to be praying for your spouse. You ought to be praying for your children. Don't give up on them. Don't say, well, my kids are just being idiots right now. Of course they are. Keep praying. That's what they do. I got six. Don't tell me I don't know. That's what they do, and we keep praying because God's got them. You think you love them. God loves them more. Right? God loves them more. You keep praying. You keep believing. But when you don't pray, you have no spiritual power. There's an earthly work, but no kingdom work. You're busy, but you're not effective. So last week, we talked about how God moves in power and fills us with power. So we've talked about praying, not only just praying, but praying with power. Acts 4 says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. This is when the, God shook the house when they prayed together. And they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. And so they were filled, think about this, that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. That word literally means I'm filled to fulfill God's purposes. It's not to be filled up because we have this idea that God wants to fill me for me. Well, guess what? God wants to fill you for me. <laughs> well, that seems not right. Yeah, that's the God's economy. That's the way it works. God's going to fill you up to bless me. And guess what? God's going to fill me up to bless you. We're filled to accomplish, to fulfill God's plan. You following that? And that's what we need, so to speak the word with boldness. So we talked about God is looking for people who will pray prayers of brokenness and of faith and of repentance and of boldness and courage that acknowledge God's power, that lift up Jesus. We're going to be a praying church. Can I get an amen? So we're talking again about the idea of being intentional. So we'll, we'll do this real quick. Who we are, we've done that. What we are to do, make disciples, we are to pray, we're to pray with power. Today I want to talk about what it means to be a good member of the household of God. Everybody following that? Are you a good member? You say, oh, I didn't realize you had membership in this church. The Bible talks about you are a member of the body of of Christ. Let's look at some verses here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to jump around a little bit. We're going to start in verse 12, jump to 14 and 15, and then jump just a little bit further. Again, 1 Corinthians 12, beginning verse 12. If you're there, say, I'm there. It's on the screen if you need it. For just as the body is one and has many, say it with me, members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less 
a part of the body. Now jump down for the sake of time, verses 26 and 27. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you, right, that's you, that's me, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And some of you might say, I don't really want to join a church. I've kind of been burnt by churches. I don't want to join a church. Too bad, you're already in. <laughs> if you belong to Christ, you are a member of the body of Christ. Now, tell me this. What a beautiful thing for God to bring together such an eclectic group of people like we are. That's a nice way of saying weirdos. And coming together, amen, amen. Where else could God bring, right? Because most organizations rally around some kind of social, you know, uniformity of some sort, right? We all agree on something, right? And so what, how is it that God could bring trash collectors with lawyers and doctors and, and, and people from the other side of the world? You know, in, in this church, we've got people from Jamaica. We've got people from Nigeria. We've got people from uh, oh, Bolivia, maybe. Europe, we got we got the we've got the British here now. Come on now, we we got we got we got people. All these, hey, what a beautiful picture of the body of Christ, right? Because we all come together, and so how do y'all get along together? Because we agree on Jesus. We agree on Jesus, and guess what else we agree on? We agree that this is the book. And this is the book we're going to follow. And we're not following a pattern. We're not following a scheme. We're not following a, 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 a paradigm. The book. The book. So we rally around the cross, the empty tomb, and the book. And guess what? It don't matter what your background is. We can agree and we can come together because the purposes of God bringing us together is greater than our own individual desires. It's about not what you want, but it's about what he wants. And if we can wrap our mind around that, we'll do something. Amen? So let's keep going. So it says this, you are a member. So here in Ephesians chapter 2, look what Paul writes. He said, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Oh boy, I'm somebody. Woo, I'm a member of the body of Christ, the household of God. I'm a part of God's eternal plan. I get to be included. I'm grafted in. God said, hey, right, anybody ever the last guy picked on kickball as a kid? That was me once in a while, depending upon who was on the team. I'm like, oh, man, I got to find. But you understand? And so you kind of, kind of destroy. Can I build your self-esteem just for a second? If you come in Christ, he says, you're part of my team. You're a member of the household of God. So stop feeling sorry for yourself. No, now I'm going. I'm coming. Watch this. I'm coming for you. I'm coming for you, low self-esteem people. I'm coming for you. Because in Christ, you are powerful. In Christ, you have authority. In Christ, God has great plan, great destiny, great purpose. In Christ and Christ alone, as you follow his eternal plan and his eternal purposes, as you walk in obedience to his word, God's got something for you. 
Amen. But see, we think selfishly about any membership, right? Right? We think membership. I'm a member. This means I get stuff. But it's a little bit different. To be a member of God's household is a gift. Anybody, I'll just tell you something that you probably don't want to know about. It's what I do. All right, so many years ago, I got a Christmas gift from an uncle, and hopefully he's not watching today. <laughs> I got a Christmas gift, and I unwrapped it, and it was a little, a little slip of paper. Uh, and I'm like 10 years old, and it was, I'm going to date myself big time right here. It was a subscription to Reader's Digest. Are you kidding me right now? What, what am I to do with this? I'm 10 years old. What even is this slip of paper? Oh, you're going to love that. That's the gift that keeps on giving. Every month, this beautiful little magazine will come. It'll have your name on it. I'm like, oh my word, right? It didn't really mean that much to me, right? But then there are times that somebody buys you something and they purchase you something and it's something you've always wanted and you feel glad that you received that and what's even better than that is you didn't pay for it. Hey, the best food you'll ever eat is the food you don't have to buy. If we could get our kids to understand that, though, right? I mean, there, there's something about, right? I heard, I heard a dad recently say about their young adult that they used to eat dessert every time the family went out to eat. And then when they started buying their own food, dessert kind of left the menu. You understand how that works? The best steak you'll ever have is the one you didn't cook and you didn't buy that tastes delicious, Right? So you understand that. Can I tell you, you belong to the household of God because of what Jesus did on the cross for you. You did not buy it. Jesus purchased it for you. You following that? And so then guess what? This is not something you take for granted. This is not something you just slough off. This is, I belong to the household of God. That's wonderful. But guess what? And I didn't pay for it. Christ died a horrendous death so that you could belong. And that's why we remember in communion every Sunday what Jesus has done. It's a gift. And so we remember this thing that says membership has its privileges. Remember that? We have that. Look at this. Remember that guy? Remember that? That was a great, right? Everybody always grew up whole. One day I'll have an American Express. And one day I'll understand what membership really is. Because membership has its privileges, right? And so you get an American Express and then all of a sudden you run it up and next thing you know, you're not feeling very privileged anymore because there's things that you owe, right, right? And so we understand that membership in the body means to have responsibilities. Oh, no, you, 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 don't want to, you didn't come to church to hear that. Can I, I just want to talk about the benefits of God. Now, let, let's not be, let's be clear. There are benefits in the body. I mean, heaven is a pretty big benefit. The Holy Spirit to abide in you is a benefit. The peace of God, the victory of God, the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you is quite a benefit. But understand, you have responsibilities as well. Membership has its responsibilities. So the first question you have to ask yourself real quick is, am I a member? Are you a member? Well, I, 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 I attend church. That doesn't make you a member. We were just talking about that. 
Attending church does not make you a member. Being good does not make you a member. Coming up in a Christian home does not make you a member. A lot of people think, well, I grew up in America, who's at uh, one time was a Christian nation. So because I was brought up in a moral household and there was a Bible, the big kill you coffee table Bible in our living room. Nobody have those? Come on now. Right? You drop that on your foot, you're going to feel that. You're going to feel that. Right? Because we had a Bible on our coffee table, six Bibles on the shelf because we were good people on Sunday mornings. We attended the local fill-in-the-blank denomination church. I'm a member of the body of God. Maybe not. The question you have to ask yourself is, have you admitted to being a sinner? Have you been convicted by the Holy Spirit? Have you confessed your sins? Have you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ? That's what makes you a member. Salvation. And there is salvation in no other but Jesus and Jesus alone. So, if you're here today and you say, I'm unsure, let's get that fixed because the rest of the sermon is not going to make any sense to you because I'm talking to the members today. Right? And, and, can, and let's just be clear, right? Talking to people without Christ about Christ is like talking to a dead person. Right? You talk to a corpse, it does not talk back. Right? Because it can't. It's not alive. In the same way, if you're not in Christ, you are, the Bible says, dead. You're dead. Right? So let's talk about this. First thing, are you a good member? Let's talk about this just for a few minutes. Are you a good member? Member, So you have a responsibility. So let's talk about your responsibility to God. So here's some things, some questions you need to ask yourself today. Are you a good member? Do you practice the daily disciplines? Now, now I'm saying things like obedience, prayer. Are you reading and studying your Bible? Are you stewarding your time, stewarding your treasure, and doing what God wants you to do? Are you following what God wants you to do on a daily basis? Now, I'm not asking for, and God is not asking for perfection. He knows that we are but dust. He puts his power in us. But at the same time, our heart is bent towards obedience. You following that? A really a good sign is if you belong to Christ or not is do you even care? That just popped out. That's pretty good though. Right? Do you even care? Well, you know, I care sometimes. I care enough to get up on Sunday morning on spring. You know, we lost an hour of sleep, but I'm here. Don't tell me. I don't care. But I'm saying, do you care on a Monday? Do you care on a Tuesday? When the Holy Spirit prompts you, are you moving? Do you just stare at your Bible all week long? And I'm not saying we have to read it and spend hours in it every day, but my heart is bent to do the things that God has asked me to do. My heart is bent towards obedience. I'm concerned and, and I want to be a good steward of what God's given me. And I care about this and I want to be obedient to the word. I want to be in the word. I want to grow. I want to be in prayer. This is what we're talking about. Do you strive to be strong in the Lord, right? I mean, if, if, if we're talking about like a team, like a basketball team, and you're on my basketball team, and you're like, number one, never come to practice. Or you come to practice, but you never take any jump shots. You kind of just joke around the whole practice. You have no desire to get better, right? It, it is basketball time for those of you that care, right? That all this stuff happens today. But can, can I tell you something? There are some of those teams that will be playing, and they can't hit a jump shot. And they don't even practice them. So how much care 
is there on any team? Does that, does that make sense? So what kind of member are you of the body of Christ if you give no care for how you're doing your daily disciplines and if you're strong in the Lord? You following that? We have a responsibility, church, each one of you. And a lot of times we lean on the strong. But I'm telling you, God wants us all strong in the Lord. It's not, well, you know, it's not up to me to be strong. Pastor Steve, pray for him. Lord, make him strong. Lord, we've got some great elders. Lord, make them strong. Hey, how about make me strong? I'm a member of this body. I'm a member not of this body, but also the body of Christ. God, make me strong so that others may see your strength in me. You know, that's a good point right there if you think about it. How much do you panic when the heat gets turned up? Because panic is not strength. You understand? Strength is built in faith. A lot of you know Fred Bishop, right? You know the cancer he's battling. And do you know, and you know, for those of you who have spent two minutes with him, know his faith. He's strong in the Lord because of his faith. And guess what? All of us are. We're drawn to that. The world is drawn to that. The kingdom of God is lifted and the body is strengthened when we have faith and when we're strong in the Lord. Is your Look at this last question. Is your daily life marked by a love for God? Is your daily life, the way you conduct yourself, not today but tomorrow, Tuesday, pick any day you want. Is your day marked by your love for God? Is that what moves you? Is it your love of God that moves you on a daily basis? Now watch this. I want you to look at the last thing on the screen. If this is off, everything is off. I need you to hear that. If your relationship with God is off, your marriage cannot be right. It just can't be. Your relationship at your job will not be right. Things in your life that you're looking for, that you're searching for, the, the fulfillment, the purposes, something seems off exactly because you're not right with God. And when you're not right with God, everything's off. Can you follow that? And so until you get this right, this can't be right. Right? If you look at the Ten Commandments, the first four are about your relationship with God. It's the last six. It's about your relationship with one another. And if you can't get your relationship with God right, your relationship with others will not be right. You've got to get that right. If your relationship with God is off, everything will be off. Your first responsibility as a good member is to God. Let's talk about your second one. Your second responsibility is to each other. Now watch this. Think about this. This is why you're here. You're here to care, to serve, to pray, to give, to love, and to possibly die. That's why you're here. Can, can you hear that one more time? You're a part of the member, as a member of the body of Christ, you have a responsibility to each other. You are here to care for each other, to serve each other, to pray for each other, to give to each other, to love each other, and possibly die for one another. That's what you have been called to do. But again, again, this evil lie from the enemy, we call it consumerism, right? I have come to church 
to be filled up and to be spoken life into and so that people will make me feel better so that I can go out on Monday and do what I need to do because I'm coming here. Give me, give me, give me the worship, worship. Mm, I didn't like that song. I like this song. That was a B plus. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what was going on with Randy on the drums on that song. So blah, blah, blah. And then and, and the communion, the communion, it was a little bit too emotional for me today. They're trying to get me to cry. I'm not into that. And so I'm just, somebody, you know, somebody shook my hand today and they smelled really funny. I, I just don't understand what's going on in that church. And, and just, can we get to some spaghetti, please? That's why I'm here today. It's the only reason I came to church today, spaghetti. And I heard there's a sugar-free peanut butter cheesecake that I'm going to win, just FYI. That's what I'm saying. You, you understand? Everybody's like, now nah, I'm not bidding against the pastor. God will hate me for that. So I'm not saying any of that. But, but, but you understand, we come to church for what we can get. Jesus didn't, you've already been given. Is the blood of Christ not enough for you? You need, I sometimes feel that way when I pray and ask God for stuff. You know, like, hey God, can you, uh, oh man, why am I, why am I asking for anything right now? You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, and we have to be careful having this entitled attitude towards God. Can let's just be honest just for a second, God owes you nothing. He owes you nothing. His son, really, that's it. That's enough. The blood of Jesus on the cross and anything else is bonus. Right? He doesn't have to heal me. He doesn't have to. He, he does, he does, I'm not entitled to anything. What I've been given, I'm a part of the body of Christ. End of story. I'm good with that. Anything else, Jesus, I'm thankful for. You following that? So guess what? I come to church. I, 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 and you say, well, you're the pastor. You have to come to church for other people. You know, it's what God's called you to do. You have to. But can I tell you, Randy came to church for Craig. And Bo came to church for Eric. And Eric came to church for Alan. And Tracy came to church for Jen. You following how this works? We, we've come to church for each other. So you walk in the door, you know. And, and I'm not opposed to the coffee table. But if your thought is, where's the coffee? Where's the donuts? Let me get me a good seat and sit down and get a good place. And I hope the temperature's right today. Come on now. Come on now. Who did you check on this morning? Who did you pray for this week? Who did you reach out to this week? Oh, now you're just making me feel bad. Listen, that's the Holy Spirit. That ain't me. You understand? But that's what God wants us to do. That's the body of Christ. That's what God's called us to. That right there. That right there. Caring and concern and love and service. Now watch this. But here's the thing. Unity is not expected. It's required. All right, here we go. You ready? Oh, he's going to talk about unity. Yes, I am. Ephesians 4, 1 and 3. Walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. God requires us to be unified. And if we're not unified, something's wrong. And it's usually us. Because the Spirit wants us to be one. That is the beautiful thing. If your foot decides to go in a different direction than the rest of your body, you have a conflict. You understand how that works? Not that you needed the visual, but I just did it. You, you understand? Now all of a sudden I'm literate, right? Our bodies, right, need to be unified. And the older I get, the less unified my body feels, right? 
Anybody at this age where your mind makes agreements that your body can't keep? When you say, I got this. I got this. I can play a little volleyball. I can play a little basketball. And the next day your body goes, no, you can't. Right? No, you can't. Right? But the body of Christ, listen, must, must, must come together. We must. It's required. Unity is required. But understand this. We have a devil. There is a devil who whispers in the shadows to divide your heart and to pull you in a different direction. To say things like, I'm about to fall on you. Yep. Did I fall on you and I hurt you? No. I'm sorry. Okay, watch this. See, the devil will hurt you too. All right, now watch this. So, did you see the way Gary looked at you this morning? <laughs> I hear I'm picking on you again. Did you, did you, he, he just brushed by you. You reached out your hand. He was talking to Cedric. He didn't even notice you. Mm -mm, mm -mm. Unreal. Did you hear the way James Honey prayed? What is up with that? What a weirdo. We've got to talk to Pastor about this. He talks about repentance all the time. I do not understand. Find somewhere else to go. You're like, that happened this morning to me. What are you talking about? Huh? You in my house now. You understand? The devil wants you to be divided. You, you, I look at Russ. Watch this. You're going to go to the fellowship hall here in a minute. You're going to see colors on the wall. You're going to be like, ugh. Who decided this? This is a terrible color. Why? Can I tell you, it just don't matter. Paint the walls purple for as far as I'm concerned as long as the Holy Spirit's moving and working and the truth is going out and the word is being preached. Who cares? You understand? Let's understand what matters and what doesn't. Right? What matters is the word. What matters is truth. What matters is correct teaching. What matters is the essentials. You understand? Don't let any devil try to pull you away from what God wants to do. And we've got people, listen now, we got people sitting on the couch today because in 2014, they got hurt by the church. And I'm not saying it's not real, but that's the devil. That's the devil. That's the devil. Some of you today, I've been looking for a church like this forever. Good, you found it. Now bring somebody else in. Go get you one. Right? Go get someone. Bring someone. There's a lot of people that have been hurt by the church of Jesus, and it breaks my heart because there's so many churches doing it wrong. And I'm not trying, I'm not going to say, if you want to ask me, I'll tell you later. But no, I wouldn't do that. You, you missed that. I know you missed that. But, but, but you understand? You understand? We've got to rally together and not let the devil pull us apart. So watch this. So there's a battle for unity. Even Jesus said that they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Can I tell you what draws people to the church is a bunch of people that actually love each other. Right? 
I, some of you, uh, you probably disagree with my thinking on this, but I like to watch a little sports once in a while. And I love it when they interview a teammate and the teammate goes, we love each other. We play for each other. We're concerned about each other. Now we're talking. Now, because it's not about you. It's not about, it's all about him. It's all about what we're trying to do together collectively. You understand? Jesus even said that they may all be one. That we could be one. Watch this. So that the world may believe. Our oneness is so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So here, let me give you a couple of things of wisdom. This comes from years of looking around. Number one, just show lots of grace to each other. That might mean overlooking each other's weirdness sometimes. If you don't know what to believe, believe the very best thing you can. Right? Gary looked at me funny this morning because... He was looking at somebody else. He wasn't even looking at me. But the devil's whispering in my ear. That really didn't happen for those of you that are worried about Gary and I's relationship. We're good, I promise. Okay. <laughs> right, you've, you've had that happen, right? I was making a cup of coffee, and Heather Bollinger just jumped right in front of me. Started making her own coffee. This will teach you to sit up front, by the way. Right? Well, maybe Heather didn't even see you standing there because her mind was fixed on something else, something, you, under, you understand? So you got to show a lot of grace to each other. Isn't that, isn't that just the body of Christ? That, that we just got to, we got to, the power of overlooking things is what we've got to understand. Don't take the bait of offense. That, don't just, just I, I'm not offended. Just, just don't get offended. Now, if, if you tell me, the blood of Jesus doesn't save me, now I'm offended. You, you got to know where to take your offense. So you, you, are you following that? You, you know, the, the, there's, there's no decaf. I keep going to the coffee bar for some reason. Must be some, God's doing something at the coffee bar. Uh, there, there, there's no decaf at the coffee bar. My church, man, can't believe it. No decaf. I'm not sure where that voice came from. You understand? Right? You, you, you following? Come on now, but but if, if I open up the Bible and I go to the book of Enoch, get offended. Get offended. When I don't preach scripture, if, if I don't preach the word of God, or I tell you something contrary to what God says, I'm telling you what, you string me up. Get me out of here. Run me out of town. But as long as we preach the word, as long as we stand on the truth, as long as we declare Jesus and Jesus alone and the word alone is our authority for how we live our lives, now we can unify around that. So you don't like one of the songs this Sunday morning. So what? So what? So what? We, we don't sing songs for you. You think James is going, wonder what the people are like today. He care less what you like. It's what will glorify God. What will bring glory to God? That's what we got to be about. So the other thing, and if you get offended, which don't, well, then we don't have to move on to this, but we will. Forgive quickly. Just let stuff go. Just don't, right? Just let it go. Don't be critical or complain to others. 
when the devil gets in your head about something or someone, if you want to crush him, go to that person. If you're in doubt, let, let me just say this. Don't have Pastor Steve on a platter for lunch. Now, anybody been in the church for five minutes know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? I mean, I love Stacy and all, but sitting on the front row like she's all that. I mean, what's that about? I mean, who she thinks she is, you know? He pulls her up every Sunday. She's so that. Bleh. I don't think she's so great. I've seen other pastors' wives that I like better, so, hmm. I'm going to be nice to her but I'm not a fan. Hey, can I tell you, that's just the devil talking. Just shut that up. Just shut that up. Okay, you understand? We've got to crush the devil from just the stupidity of stuff like that. And you're like, is people really talking about your wife? Nobody's talking about my wife, okay? I ain't worried. I ain't worried. You should like her more than you like me. I understand that. That's all right. Right? But do you understand how that works? And can I tell you, if Mark Bricky whispers in your ear, or Mark, okay, I'm, I'm going to pick on Mark. Mark Bricky, Mark Bricky whispers in Randy's ear something about the pastor. Ooh, did you know this about the pastor? Randy's response was, see, let's go tell him. That's a good idea. He probably want to know that right now. Oh, you don't think the pastor ties? Let's go ask him. Let's go ask him. And watch Mark shut his mouth. That will silence him. And you know what he'll do then, though? He'll go to Russ. Because Russ will entertain him and listen to him. And then Russ will be like, what is wrong with you? Let's go call the pastor. You understand how this works? But we got we to gotta shut this down. Amen. And I'm not, now, watch this. This is called preventative preaching. This is so we don't have it. It's not because it is. It's because we don't want it. You understand? And a lot of times you hear sermons like this. My whole life I've heard sermons like this. You go, oh, there's a problem in the church. What's he really talking about? <laughs> Hey, there's no problem in the church. We're going to make sure that it doesn't get one. You, you, you understand? You don't, you don't take care of your body after you're sick. You take care of it so you don't get sick. Boy, I said that real southern, didn't I? Sick. Right? So this is all protecting the body, loving the body, caring for the body. When the devil pups his head up, it's like the whack-a-mole. Like a devil. Get out of here, devil. We're not going to have that. You're not going to divide us. You're not going to split us apart. There is nothing, devil, you can do because this is the body of Christ. You are not welcome here. You got to go. You got to go. So you squash every rumor, every lie, every deceit. You crush it. You don't entertain it, and you crush it. Amen? Watch this. So the vision chokes out the life of the church. It's the devil putting his hands on the neck of the church and just squeezing it. And so we have to combat it all the time. So here's another battle. Let's talk about some church wars. This is, again, from experience. When there are church wars, the devil wins. Let's talk about worship, right? For those of you who have been in the church for a hot minute, like me, if you're old like me, you've seen this your whole life. I remember the hymns or choruses. Hymns 
are courses. New courses are old courses. Modern songs, old songs. Songs recently written, songs that have been written a long time ago. Can we use a cassette tape in service? I don't know. It's probably of the devil. There's a drum set that showed up on the stage of the church. Oh my gosh, not a drum set. Somebody plugged in the guitar in the holy place called the church. What are we going to do about this? You understand? Some of y'all are like, man, you're really jaded there. What is going on? You need therapy for that? I'm just telling you, I'm old as dirt, and I've been around it all, right? And if you're new to the party, think about where we've come, right? Seen it. And in all of that, it's about people. It's never about Jesus. What's going to bring God glory? What's going to lift up Jesus? What's going to magnify the Savior? Can I tell you my opinion on old music and new music? God likes it all. God likes music that lifts up him. If it's a hymn, if it's a chorus, if it's a rock song that glorifies God, bring that on. See, style's about me. Well, I like country music. And people go, what is wrong with you? Country music. Right? You, you know, you remember when, we used to, when they used to put lyrics by playing stuff backwards? Right, you play country music backwards, you get your dog back, you get your wife back, your truck gets fixed, all that stuff. All that happens when you play a country song backwards, right? Right? But see, style's about, style's about me. Worship style's about me. In fact, churches even have services, contemporary, traditional. Which, you know, we all try to be nice when we say this because we've, I've been a part of church to do that. Young people, old people. Because we can't agree on style. Why? Because we made it about us. I'll move on. Change. And that's not coins. I'm talking about any change. Like, what's up with the new couches out here? Who authorized that? I, I, I notice we do communion a lot more than we used to. Wh whose authority was that done? Wh who's allowing Chuck on the soundboard? I just don't understand why people would do the, any change, right? A worship leader from Oregon? You think we can't find someone locally? I mean, couldn't we hire a Hoosier? We got to go out and get one of them weirdos from Oregon? I mean, that guy, he's got to be steeped in all kinds of left-wing liberalism. Well, we don't want that guy coming in here, Right? And, 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 and we, we struggle. Oh, that felt pretty good, wasn't it? I did good on that, didn't I? I did good on that. Mom and Dad's like, you got it. You got, that's exactly who he is. That's exactly, you got that down. You got that down, right? See, you see, you see any kind of change, right, we want to split about. How about money? Well, I'm not giving to that church. I'll put my money in the blessings box only because I see that there are things going on in that church and purchases being made that I don't agree with. I bet Pastor Steve's making three figures large in that church. And I, I just don't understand why he is not living in a tent in the back of the church because that's what pastors ought to do. If he really loves God, him and his family ought to pitch a tent in the backyard and serve the Lord with all their heart. And since I don't agree with how the money's being spent, I'll just give it to TBN. That doesn't make any sense. Bring your tithe to the storehouse, right? 
And so we got to understand, we disagree about money. We disagree about positions. We disagree about who should be doing what. We get angry about stuff. We don't agree with the way buildings are being built or the way buildings are being used. We have programs. I don't understand why the children leave the service and go out to the back. Back in my day, the children sat right beside me. They can sit right beside me the whole, I don't care if they got ADHD or not. They need to be in the service with me. We don't need to have a service upstairs for them where they get the Bible story in their own language. If Pastor Steve can understand the King James Bible, so can my seven-year-old. You understand that's how that works. Come on now. Wait, and I'm just making up stories now, right? This is not. But you understand how we get bent sideways on stuff, programs, opinions. We start sharing what we think. I love this one. Back in my church, back in my church, we did it like this. We're not at your church anymore. We're not at that church anymore. In fact, you know what I told somebody just this week? I want a church at faith like I've never seen before. I, I want God I want people to come in and go, man, I've never seen a church like that. Exactly. Y'all do, y'all weird. Y'all pray a lot. You love to worship. It's like you love each other and you love the word of God. I've never seen a church where people like that committed to each other. Bingo. You got it. That's what we're doing. We're building something significant. So if you, if, don't compare me to any other church or compare this church to any other church. I'm just going to say, you just throw that in the garbage. I don't want to know it. Have you ever considered the such and such method? Hit the road. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to know any of that. I want to do it God's way. And God's way might be unique. And it might be more biblical than we've ever seen. And wouldn't that be terrific? To have a church based on the Bible more than any other church. That is a good thing to clap for. Let's get a church. Now, so watch this. So then we get, we get entitled, right? We have our preferences. We start pulling our own stuff. Right, all of a sudden, the, 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 you, you, you start judging the church based upon what you think and your opinions and your preferences and what we ought to do and where you think we ought to go. I'm just going to be honest, it's not about you. It's just not. And as much as I know you think you can pastor your own church, I wouldn't wish that on you. Well, if I was the pastor, well, guess what? You're not. And can I, can, if I could somehow relay to you the, the burden of pastoring a group of people, if I could somehow help you to see how hard it is to get y'all to just get along and to keep it about Jesus, there's a burden to that. And my wife pray through that burden. And we give that burden to the Lord. But I'm telling you, you are not the pastor. But God's called me to be the pastor. And by the grace of God, I'm going to do my very best for you to lead and to see what God wants us to do. You see, sometimes I ask my kids what they want for dinner. <laughs> what a mistake. What a mistake. I mean, I love my children. I'd die for my children. But what a mistake. Because then they tell me. And then I'm like, why did I ask that? Because now I'm conflicted because they all want something different. And so it's my burden and responsibility 
to figure out what meal would please them all. And they'll all be a little bit like, that's not exactly what I want. And I have to, and I have to just kind of be okay with bending them this way because I got this one over here going this way and I got this one over here coming this way. That's what pastoring a church is. Because all of y'all are like, oh, I think we ought to do it like that. And then this person over here, well, I think we ought to do it like that. <laughs> well, if you really love God, you do it like this. <laughs> hey, I'm just telling you, I'm trying to listen to the Holy Spirit of God. I'm trying to do what God wants us to do all the time and without question. And it might not be exactly how you want it done because there are many roads to Florida I happen to be the driver do, do you understand and, and it's not that I'm anybody I'm a nobody in fact the fact that I get to be your pastor it's it's mind-blowing to me because I'm the I'm the chiefest of all sinners I have no right to be here but God in his mercy said you are the one and every day I get up and go dear God I have no idea what I'm doing but God but God and so it is with great fear and trembling that I try to be the pastor of this church. But you've got to understand, I'm trying to listen to God. And so what I need you to do is just get on board. Just get on board. Just get on board. Just get on board. The worst thing on your way to Florida, because you're fired about Florida, is someone in the back seat going, I'd take Highway 9 if I was me. <laughs> well, yeah, you're ruining my trip. I'm doing the best I can. I think 11 works. Well, 9's the fastest way. You know it is. What a dummy going down at 11. See, I don't want to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. Don't, 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 don't walk around talking about what's wrong with the church, what's bad about the church, why you don't like, why do you do spaghetti? Why didn't they do lasagna? Lasagna's better than spaghetti. Oh my, I probably wore, I have just beat this thing down, but you're following, right? You following? Now, we laugh and we joke, but it's real. It's real. And so we need to come together. You're not going to like it all, but it's not about you. So lastly, are you a good member? You have a responsibility to leadership. The Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians, respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. So here's what God wants you to do. Support, encourage, and pray for the leadership. That is your responsibility, you have one to God, you have one to each other, and you have one to the leadership, and that is to pray. That is to support. And that is to encourage. And you ought to be walking up to elders and going, man, man, I really appreciate you guys. Man, I appreciate your godly leadership. You know, you may not know, but the, 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 the elders hold me accountable. If I leave, the, if, the, if, I, if I jump off the tracks and go a certain way, I got elders going, hey, 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 wait a minute now. Now, again, it's, it's got to be biblical. It's got to be biblical. It's not preference-based. It's biblical-based. You understand? But they hold me accountable. I have other people in my life that hold me accountable, hold us in. But we need to pray. We need to support. You need to be telling James, man, I appreciate you. Man, I appreciate your words of encouragement. We need to be encouraging Thomas as he works with our children. Man, I appreciate you. Thomas and Cassandra working with our teens. Man, thank you. Thank you for sacrificing, for loving, for doing all that you do for our children. Elders, thank you for praying. Thank you for calling families. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for helping me carry this burden together. Support, encourage. 
pray. Pray for the pastors, wife and family. Pray for staff members, elders, that God would lighten the burden, give them protection, spiritual, mental, physical blessings from God. So the final thoughts here, are you a good member? Are you, are you, are you a good, not just are you a member, are you a good member? Let's look at this real quick. In the essentials, let there be unity. In the non-essentials, let there be liberty. But in all things, let there be love. Right? So finally, if it's an issue, isn't it an essential issue? And if you have an essential issue, you go to the person that that essential issue you have with, not 12 other people. Right? Hey, I have no problem if you're like, Pastor, you said something in the, in the, in the uh, sermon on Sunday. I got a question about that. I'm the person you ask, not Bill Gale. You know, Pastor said something in the sermon today. I just think he's way off. What a lunatic. Well, now you've hurt the body. Because now you've put a cloud of confusion and doubt. And all of a sudden, well, maybe Pastor Steve doesn't know what he's talking about. Where did he get his Bible degree? Like blue light special, Kmart? I don't know. You know, maybe he doesn't even have one. And then the person, you know, tells another person, another person. All of a sudden, people come in on Sunday going, that guy has no idea what he's talking about. So can you just come to me? Can you go to one another? Can you ask? Let, let's, let's take care of things and, again, crush the enemy. Can I tell you to let go, and this is hard, of your past hurts? Can I tell you, and, and you know, you're, and I'm not, I'm not mad when I say this, but a lot of you view me based upon a pastor who's hurt you. You're putting your past hurts from a former pastor on me because you brought it with you. You brought your pain with you. As much as you'd want to be close to Raul back there, he reminds me of a guy from that Baptist church that time. And that guy from that Baptist church that time really did a number on me. So Raul, I'm going to keep my distance from you because I'm still hurt from 1998 or whatever. You following that, how that works? And so we, we, we bring that pain to the table. And can I ask you to do me a favor today? You put that pain right here. You put that burden right here. You put that heartache right here at the foot of the cross because Jesus died for that pain. Jesus died for that hurt. You pay it, put it on the altar and then you enjoy what God's doing here. You just, you just, you just enjoy it. And you stop questioning everything. And, well, what's the hidden agenda behind that? Stop. Stop. That's your past. That's your hurt talking. Just, just come. Just come to the table and enjoy what God has for you. And let all of that past go. Make sure you're called here. Because I'm going to be honest, I, I look at somebody like Dean and Sherry and Ruth and Bill and Bill's watching in West Virginia online. I look at people like Jim Frederick and Chuck and Pam Walton who stuck it out. Why? Because God called them here. Because they knew God called them here. And did they see things that went sideways? Absolutely. But God called them here. Did they stand up for righteousness over and over and over? And Cindy Hommel back there. And some of you others, maybe I've missed others. You understand? Oh, Randy and Peggy sitting right here in front of me. Been here 40 years. You understand? 
It's, we're missing something called stickability. So you get married, you have your first fight, you file for divorce. What? What? Well, you know, it just didn't work out because, you know, he likes to watch TV in the bedroom and I like it in the living room, so we just decided to call it splitsies. What? What? We do the same thing in church. Do the same thing in church. He preaches out of ESV. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm a King James Version guy. Schofield 1611, premillennial. That's me. Reference. That's what I do. He ain't going to read that King James. I'm going to hit the road. But if you're called here, it doesn't matter. Has God called you here? If God has called you here, you stick it out. If God's called it here, you ride it when the, rough, when the waters get a little rough because God's called you here and you believe in what God's doing here and what the mission of this place is to get the gospel out to this area. You following that? So we got to hang in there, hang in there, hang in there. So make sure you're called, right? If you're called to your spouse, you just figure it out. There is no plan B. There is no back door. Right? And I understand, sometimes we go to church for a while and we just go and we're just kind of going, but at some point we dig in roots and we say, this is my place. And that's what you got to understand. you got to understand, this is what God wants. People who will put their feet in and dig in, and this is my place. So we commit finally to serve, not to be served. So the final question is, are you a good member? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? That's the question. Are you a good member? Are you a good member? Are you a good member? Well, I'm an attender. God wants you to be a member. And I'm not even just talking about this church. I'm, I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about God's church, the church universal. Are you faithful to God? Are you faithful to one another? Are you faithful to the, the leadership God's called you to? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. Faith Community Church is located at 6801 South East Street, Indianapolis, Indiana, 46227. We are on the south side of Indy on the corner of US 31 and Southport Road. For more information about our church, please go to www.fccindianapolis.com. We worship Sunday mornings, 10 a.m., Sunday nights at 6 p.m. and midweek services as well. We have activities and studies for all ages. We have something for your entire family. Come be a part of our family. We would love to see you sometime. Have a blessed day and always remember that Jesus changes everything.